Welcome to Bold Becoming Identity Retooled. This podcast is where we explore the landscape of the immensity of landmines that exist for people who've lost their sense of identity, who've been shaken to the core, and are relearning who they are now that a part of them is lost. It's stories of how people manage this struggle, regain their footing, and the gifts they've discovered along the way. Thanks for tuning in. And hey, be sure to leave a review to help others find this podcast. So, hey, Tammy. Hello, Julie. Thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I what are you excited see. about? You look so excited. <laughs> um, just very, very grateful that you asked me. Oh, wow. Out and that... Um, um, I don't know. I've spent the last week or so since we've been talking, just thinking about what I could say and how I would say it and what it means to me. And I realized that there's so many little different parts of my life that have happened along the way. And they've all really converged to this moment. Um, and the details might not matter of what I've been through, but how I've got to where I've gotten and to this moment um, feel joy and be, well, I should say, be jo- feel like I am being joy. Whoa, we got to get, yes, yes, we're going to get into it. I know we are. I know we are, but it's just, it's extraordinary to look back on all that's happened in my life and to come to this point and finally feel like maybe I got it. I don't know if there's an ever in it. If in this moment, I do. Joy. <laughs> That's it. What else is there? There's not. Because all the stuff is going to happen in life no matter what. Right. And can we find the way to be happy inside? In spite of it all. In spite of it all. Right. Because all is going to continue one way. Life never quits um, throwing curveballs. Oh my gosh. I just said that yesterday. (laughs) Because I, a few months ago, I thought, oh my gosh, I have figured out how to be happy. And then sure enough, I was thrown a (laughs) curveball. Sure enough, I was given my, oh, you know how to be happy? Let me show you how. Let me see if you really know how to be happy. So yes, <laughs> test. I guess I used to hate that word that I hate that idea of life giving us tests, but really what it is I find now um, is that we give ourselves opportunities to prove that we have learned the lesson. And if we haven't fully learned it, that's okay. We're gonna grow on each step because baby steps are really what help us get to where we wanna, where we, where we want to be. Very rarely we learn the entire lesson in one fell swoop. Right. We can't. For whatever reason, life is not set up that way. I mean, sometimes we have this huge breakthrough Mm -hmm. and how many steps did it take before that? It's like, it doesn't, the breakthrough (laughs) doesn't just, it's not like a a star, a shooting star or something. I don't know what it takes to make a shooting star, but something that seems like it just happens. Breakthroughs are results of 
lot of small steps. Yes. And I had 51 years of small steps. Yes. <laughs> so what I wanted to say before we go in too far is that the reason that I am so excited to have you is since this podcast is about identity transition, identity loss, forced identity transition, because we can choose to, to change our identity. Like I want a new career. And then we start working towards that. We go back to school, whatever. That's a, that's a chosen identity transition. And what this show is about is forced identity where the rugs pulled out from under you. You really didn't have any say in it. And I'm so excited to have you because you, you said you were still in the middle of the muck, in the middle of the mess. And you're willing to be you have so much courage to show up without having all the answers yet, because a lot of the people on the, that I interview, they, they've like been, they've slain the dragon and they've gotten there. And then they can say everything that they did wrong and everything they did right. And with retrospect, I did this and that. And with you, it's going to be super um, juicy because we're really, because it's like having a baby. Do you have, you have had a kid? Yes. Okay, so you know, childbirth is no fun. Okay? <laughs> right. But then yep, yep. women have more than one baby because something happens in the brain where we we forget, we don't forget, we don't forget, but we forget uh enough. We 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 like to put some distance so that it's not really anyway, we end up like and so. A person who's already like way over on the other end of the arc of a forced identity transition, they don't remember exactly, they remember, but they don't really remember what it's like to be in it. So that's what I want to find out from you is like, how are you handling it in the middle of this stuff? And I know that you are going towards the other end. Like you showed up today and you said you're having joy. It's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe you're over the threshold and you're, you're already there. Um, and so also just sort of as an introduction, um, you have had more than your fair share and your family has had more than your fair share of really, really tough life challenges. And so obviously we can't go into all those stories and each one could be an identity loss in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And so when I, you know, from your bio, what stood out to me was she was no longer able to live someone else's requirement of her. Now, if that isn't stepping into a new identity, I don't know what is. So I want to hear about that one. And um, let's hear something about that. All right. I had shared that, um, that I'd been in a car accident. And Four days later, I had this massive anger, wave of anger. Do you need me to speak up? Yeah. <laughs> um, four days after my car accident, I went through this massive wave of anger. I opened up the refrigerator door and my blueberries, my frozen blueberries were not on the freezer shelf that they were supposed to be on. And I got so angry and I stopped and I was like, oh, this is my brain. I get it. I understand it but I just did not have any handle on who I was anymore. And 
the traumatic brain injury does one of the symptoms is anger, right? Yes. Yes. Did you know yes. that already? I did know that. I okay. But that. still they didn't tell you what to, I mean, it's like, even though you know it, experiencing it is a different thing. Like, how do you handle it? Yes. I think I, partly of the way I was raised and partly just, I guess, my experiences in life, I was afraid of anger my whole life. And, um, well, I didn't women aren't supposed to be angry. We're supposed to be nice right. and complacent, right? <laughs> right, right. And I think my my first identity crisis was the the week I got married, um, the week of my honeymoon. And um, so when you're right, like, so that was the first part, right? So I went through this whole, my whole life through not allowing myself to be angry ever and plenty of things to be angry about. But so I watched myself deteriorate within a couple of weeks and after the car accident, after Wait, the car in the marriage, in the car accident. Okay. Now after we're talking about the cars. Okay. Yes. So back to the car accident. So after the car accident, this couple of weeks after the car accident, I just watched myself deteriorate. I, I couldn't hardly open my eyes. Mm. I couldn't handle any noise. Mm. Couldn't handle any light could barely have conversations. Um, they were just so stimulating, so overwhelming. And it did get better a little bit here and there. But one thing that really stood out was that I was no longer able to be silent. And I, yeah, that's a big one. I was no longer able to be silent. And that was probably the biggest turning point. I had spent the majority of my life fitting myself into somebody else's box. So I was nice, I was kind, I was quiet, I was gentle. But it was all just simmering underneath. I just the who I wanted, who I knew was underneath all of the yuck of so many years was just begging to be heard, begging to come out. And I could no longer just be silent. So when I said I couldn't handle anybody's poor behavior I also meant mine and so when I say mine I mean not speaking was a is a poor behavior on my part is self-betrayal yes not speaking your truth is called self-betrayal and it leads to self-loathing yes yes and I have worked not through it and in it a lot of that and I had to start with little bits, right? Like I had to like say a little piece and then like dip my toe in and go, oh, was that okay? Dip my toe in again. Oh, am I still okay? And try and over and over and over again. What I look back on now, so it's been- oh, So hold on just a sec. So, you know, in, I, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, but I never did psychotherapy, but I, you know, I know a little bit about psychotherapy. And so I don't know what it's called, but they do that in therapy where they help you touch the pain and then go back from it and touch it and go back from it so that you can, like, I don't know the- Is it like immersive therapy? I don't know. I don't know all the the, right. the technical names, but it but that's what it sounds like you were doing on your own. And oh my god, I'm just I'm taking this deep breath of relief. It's like, <laughs> oh, how exciting! Yeah, I can look back now and think, oh my gosh, 
that that could very well be one of the best things that ever happened to me because I made the pathway open. It it forced the pathway open for me to step into and say that I mattered. Um, I didn't think I mattered. And what I realize now is that if we are in in any given relationship, if we are a valuable member of that relationship, it's important that we speak up. What we have to say matters in a relationship. Otherwise, it's not a relationship. Right. Not a healthy relationship. Not a healthy relationship, yeah. There's some sort of relationship there of something. So what did it feel like? So before the brain injury and your whole life of being nice and not speaking your truth, what did that feel like? How did that, and how did that manifest? What did that look like? It was a great deal of trying towards perfectionism. Mm, that's a dirty word, you know. Well, the funny thing is the word Tammy or the name Tammy means perfect. Oh, in, in what language? I don't know. Just those little cards we got in the 80s. You know, it's like it says your name and what it means. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, my actual name is Tamara. And in Hebrew, that means palm tree. Mm. So that can sway without breaking, right? And strong hurricane force winds. Um, so and you fit and, that to the T. Yeah. We're not talking about we don't like we don't have time for your whole story, but believe me, Tammy is a palm tree. Yeah. So trying to make my life happen, I think even a part of it is was try I was trying to control my life. And what I mean by that is I wasn't necessarily trying to force anybody a certain way, although I'm sure there's that in there. I was trying to control my life so I felt safe. I think that was my biggest thing, was looking for safety. And what did that look like? It looked like everybody's in their places and everybody's okay. And I got the kids got, you know, kids are lined up and they've got their meals and they've got their lunches and they've got their homework done and, you know. Um, you call the parents weekly, you do this, you hang out with a brother and sister, <laughs> you know, you do your thing. Um, and then you get the curveballs, whether it's um, somebody who has, it's a family member who has a life-threatening illness, or you become a caregiver, um, or um, other traumatic type of instances, whatever those are, they, they pull that rug out from underneath you, like you say. And then you have to figure out what does safety really mean? And safety is just an idea. It's really not for real. It's just some, it's a, it's a mental state. I feel like, like we have to create safety in our own thinking. So that's what I was doing. And I was so tired. I kept saying to myself, oh, I just need a break. I just need a break. And I'd had so much back pain for so many years. Mm. And then guess what? I had a, I had a disc herniate and I had back surgery and I was laid up for three months in my bed without moving. So I got a break, that's for sure. Um, so when you ask like, how did things manifested for me? They manifested physically. I was physically a wreck. And um, the car accident was just one more thing for me to just like 
make everything stop. Everything had to just come to a screeching halt. So the three months in bed with the back didn't quite do it for you? No. No. I thought, I kept thinking, it can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, God. Be careful what you think. I kept thinking, okay, I understand that there's emotions here. What are they? I really had no understanding of boundaries. I had no, no idea that I was codependent. I really didn't think I was. So you were in a marriage that was highly codependent, right? Yes. With an alcoholic. Yes. Yep. And I, all I did was continue to detach, <laughs> but it really wasn't detaching. It was really just emotional separation like we just were I had to keep pulling back because I didn't understand what was going on and healing codependency I, I I'm very close I think to being healed from codependency I think we're all going to be a little bit codependent I well we, we are a dependent um yes. species yes and 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 this society that we live in that that basically only um celebrates independence is quite backwards i have this idea in my head about interdependence yeah totally and so i'm i'm working on that like about interdependence in relationships because boundaries are so important and when you grow up with zero healthy boundaries, zero healthy relationships around you, you don't have any sense of what it means. I thought a boundary was a giant wall that nobody could get around. I'm like, well, I can't do that. I can't do that with the people I love. You know, like um, no contact. Like I thought that was like, I thought that's what a boundary was. Like you just close the door and you're done. Well, that wasn't what I really wanted in my relationships. And it doesn't, it doesn't um, solve the problem. No, it doesn't. Because society, really, if everybody puts up these barriers, then society is not society. Right, right. So now that I'm learning what healthy boundaries look like, and now I don't longer think that they're a wall, I think that they're like a gate. Like you can open the gate when you wish, and you can let people in and people can go out in That's and out. That's a beautiful metaphor. Oh my God. But you also need to take the trash out, right? So you got to oh, open the gate yeah. and take the trash out, right? So you've got work to do. Things have to come out. And at the same time, you let people in and you get to let, they get to stay in when they behave properly, right? And they can leave if you're not behaving properly. Right. So there's this give and take for for boundaries. And the next thing that was so important was that I needed to learn that boundaries weren't for other people to respect. Yes, in a healthy relationship, other people respect your boundaries. But one of the big, biggest lessons I've learned this last year was that boundaries are for me to obtain. Yes. Yeah. To not self betray. Yes. and just let down your boundaries yes because it's easier because that's what they want and that's such an important piece i think you know, what do i want what do i need it's like put on your mat your oxygen mask first 
mentality. Yes. It's so, so important. And I feel like women, mothers, home, people who are on the forefront of the, the home front don't necessarily believe that they matter or that they have needs that need to be met. And those moments where we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling like, oh, there's just too much right now. Those are clues for us that we get to give ourselves time to recover. Whether it's twice a month where you've got nothing on the plate on your, on your table, like nothing, or maybe it's once a week or whatever it is that you realize that you like, when you get those clues, like you have got to stop and take care of yourself. Okay. Hold on. Time out. Those aren't clues. Those are direct <laughs> messages from your higher self. Yes. Your inner knowing. Yes. Yes. Your connection with your yes. soul that yes. knows it is there for your best interest. So they, they aren't clues. It's just that we treat them as we treat as, them as um suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> or, right. or 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 even less than that, we treat them as we can we can take it or leave it. Yes. And that's where that is an insult to ourselves. And then and then that's where the self-loathing can just simmer when we continue to ignore insult, these. Could you even say possibly assault? An assault on yourself? Well, yes, I think you could because that's the image that you just came up with. It is you you're you're you are you are pounding down that quote clue, that inner knowing, you are like pushing it aside. I would call that an assault. I think that's, I've never thought of it that way. And that's exactly what it is. Just because it's invisible, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. You know, it, it is very real. Yeah. This inner, inner speaking that we have trying to keep us give give us the information we need it's for real yes i grew up with the idea somehow i internalized the idea that feeling good is not a good thing whoa like i know and so now when you have that come through okay so this is the exciting part about being a grown up <laughs> is we get to evaluate our belief systems and throw out stuff that is no longer serving us. And so now when that comes up and you recognize it, what do you do with that? Oh, well, I talk myself through it and I, I pretty much have flipped that conversation. So when I have the awareness that I'm feeling good, like today, I'm feeling really good. I was really excited. Like I, I, I allowed, I kind of uncovered all this joy that you invited me to be on your podcast. And I was like, I it just, it came up. I get to be in the moment and I get to talk about this and it's self-healing to talk about it. And hopefully- Heck yeah. There's somebody out there who's going to 
sort of resonate with what I'm saying. And they're going to say to themselves, oh, I'm feeling good. That's, that's the clue that I'm on. I'm doing it right today. Whether it's our environment, our home, the people we live with, the stuff we have in our house, all that stuff, everything. If we're feeling good, we're in alignment with what our soul is asking us to do and be today. It might change tomorrow. With our, okay. with our potential for today. Yes. Because what, what else, what is above joy? I think that's it. Yeah. And of course it's fleeting. Um, but, but yes, in the moment. So I was in this. I don't, um, know that, I don't know that our joy being joy. I don't know that that's fleeting. Mm. I think that all that's within us is constant. It's always accessible. We just aren't always access, ac accessing it. How about that? Right, right. Because we have thoughts. We have other people's actions around us. We have the world and everything that's going out there. Things coming at us a million miles an hour. Maybe we have obligations that might not feel good. But that inner place of who we are our soul, who we are, that's constant. Yeah, that I, that I can see. And when I remember that, I can reconnect. Yeah. And when I reconnect, and that reconnection is so easy. I used to think it was hard. But that reconnection, it's just awareness. It's like, oh, right. That's what I believe. That's, that's there. Got to challenge your beliefs. All my beliefs were so detrimental to my well-being okay i think that this is a good topic so in your from your older old identity of being helping everybody else feel comfortable at your expense mm -hmm. and now in this new identity post tbi traumatic brain injury where you don't tolerate misbehavior how do you how do you personally change your belief system? Because see, people, a lot of people don't actually think that's possible. Right. They're like, this is what I believe. And this is what I believe. And this is why I believe it. And because I believe it, it's got to be this way. And, um, and so how do you choose to change your beliefs? Well, I think that feeling stuck or feeling, feeling bad, not feeling happy, those are ways that the universe or God is talking to us to tell us that what we're thinking isn't truth. Mm -hmm. And we may never really know what truth is with a capital T until we get to the other side. But we're gonna have a lot of little T's, right? So. It might take a long time for the first one to change. And I'm going to give you a little bit of example of my old life. Cool. Uh, Tammy 1.0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in Al-Anon for two years before 
I heard, heard that alcoholic marriages have different set of rules. So that they had been saying it, but it never landed. Yes. You weren't, you weren't at the place where it, it, you could receive it. I thought marriages had to look a certain way and I had to act a certain way. And the moment that it got in, I was in Trader Joe's and I started sobbing and I walked around Trader Joe's for a half an hour sobbing because I didn't know what was happening. (laughs) It was just sinking in and it finally came alive. I was like, oh, well, if there's a different set of rules, then things are different. I get to act differently. I get to be different. I get to think different. I get to speak up. I get to A, B, C, D, whatever, whatever it is. I might get to make the rules. Yes. They just get to be different. So when we have our belief system, right? Like we get our belief system from our growing up years, our informative years, our teenage years, our young adult years. We think that life is on this track a certain way. But when it's not aligning in you, it's going to get harder and harder and harder for you to live authentically. Like, I didn't even know what that meant then. I didn't even know who I was authentically then. I didn't even know what I liked. I didn't know how, I didn't even, I didn't know anything about myself. I thought I did, but I didn't. I just... Everything was just trying, was just trying to make myself safe. And the more I dug in, the more I got stuck. So, and, yeah. and you were trying to, so you lost, you lost yourself to relationship as a kid and then in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and it was all life. around, how can I be safe in, a, in whatever relationship you're in? Right. And I had, I had anxious attachment strongly (laughs) so so define that for people who aren't up on trauma trauma lingo right so your attachment style i was i have been and i'm probably still am um so my attachment style is anxious attachment and i probably even have a little bit of avoidant attachment too so that's where that's where i was silent because i was avoiding avoiding conflict and anything i did that would look like it would not attack, that's not really the right word, sort of trigger that anxious attachment. Anything I did that looked like was my relationship was somehow compromised, I everything in, in me just went back to my default. So, And your default was what? Oh, just making sure everything was okay. Just like stop talking, stop, stop making um, no confrontation, don't make waves, don't be dramatic, don't whatever, like just be, be level. Don't be emotional, don't be a nag, don't be a submit. Yeah. And that was the beginning of changing my belief system. And I really- That, that thought or that thing from Al-Anon that said that relationships don't have to all look the same. That was the beginning. And then over the next few years, 
um, and and that was that was pre car accident. That was a few years before the car accident. And so already you're in so Alamon. The accident. Then I and I was like, then see with that that realization when it happened before the car accident. So then when I had the actual accident, I was already on that pathway to I matter. I I have something to say. What I have to say needs to be said. And so the car accident was the catalyst to breaks begin to break this open for me but it still took a little time and we're almost three years correct <coughs> god bless you and i'd say the last year when you have those times when you look at your life and you're surprised that you have somehow allowed yourself to get so far away from your core self your authentic self your true self when you, when you look back and you go, how did I let myself go that far away? It's, it's a little bit traumatizing. It's shocking. It, it's, it, it hurts to see how mean we can be to ourselves. Yeah. And how disrespectful we can be to ourselves. It's very devastating. Yes. And then... I looked at the shame I felt. It took me a while to get through that. How did I let that happen? Yeah. Why didn't I do something earlier? How I'm an intelligent person. How, yes. why, why did I let this happen? I actually have a higher, higher than average IQ. How did I not see that happening? Yeah. You're right. All that. And um, so I had, I really had to face shame in the face 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 it head on and i had to allow myself the grace i think this is huge allow yourself the grace to do what you've done in the time that you were doing it because you didn't know any better yeah. it doesn't matter how much you think you know you know but when you have all those puzzle pieces from your growing up and your attachment style and whatever traumas you faced and however many things have happened and you get this, all these little puzzle pieces coming on and they become like a, like a crust and it's really difficult to break through. So even if you know that you know, you might not really know how to access freedom. So what I, when I was working at as, as a social worker and people would, you know, be having their problems and like, how could I be so dumb to have done this? And, and, and I really learned what it means that we all do the best we can in the moment. And that sounds so cliche and so dumb because we have all this intelligence, but but what it but what it really means is, I, I believe that a hundred percent that we do the best we can in the moment, even if a nanosecond later we think of something better, because that nanosecond later has retrospect that in the moment we didn't have. And the word retrospect isn't available in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's so, it's such, I think that one concept helps me accept 
humanity, myself, and, and everything more than any other concept because it's so easy to get pissed off at myself, at others. And when I, when I just bring myself back to center with that belief mm -hmm. that people are doing the best in the moment, it just, it just like takes this huge weight off of me. Yes. Yes. It feels so much better. And isn't that, when we recognize that that's a clue of alignment for our true authentic, true self, that's when we know that we're on the right path of our thinking. Because the weight comes off, you feel lighter. You're like, oh, okay, I'm okay right now. This is it. I think one of the biggest things that came from that for me was for me, self-care brought self-love and I never had self-love, not until just a couple years ago, last year, to truly feel like, oh my gosh, I love myself. I didn't even know what that meant. Okay, what does that feel like? It feels like grace and ease. And I never had that before. I never allowed that for myself. And that self-love brought self-worth and self-worth brought self-value. And once I had self-value, I was able to have boundaries. And why is it important to have all that? Because then you matter. And if you don't matter, what's, what's the problem with that? What's the problem with settling? You, you've been there, done that. Why is that not, why is settling a problem? You're not free. And what does that unfreedom feel like? There's so much heaviness when you're not free, whether it's self-imposed or the pressure comes from outside, whether pressure is inner pressure or outer pressure, that pressure is struggle. And I was struggling against all of that. And I have reframed the word struggle for myself. Ooh, let's hear it. So what I had spent my life doing was struggling against all of that. There's so much resistance. I was struggling against all of that, which I really, when I realized that it's just this, it's so easy. It can be so easy when you have that, when awareness is the key to connection. Connection is as easy as awareness, right? When you have that awareness, oh, it's not shame. I was doing the best I could. That's awareness. That's the connection to your true self. So then I was struggling to all the pressure, whether, and most of it was inner pressure, right? Because I had to be a certain person. I had to be a certain, had to be a good girl. I had to be a kind girl, you know, all that stuff. And that reframing of the word struggle for me, I'm no longer struggling against that pressure. Now I reframe it. Now struggle is the good struggle. What am I struggling? Struggle can be today. I am going to remember that I enjoy. It's struggling for something, not against something. If you're struggling for opportunity. You're struggling for freedom. And it's usually from our thoughts, our 
thought processes. Yeah. For me, emotions are information. Oh there's yeah. There's emotionality, right? That's all over the place. <laughs> can be. You can have level days and you can have days that are pretty high and low. But emotions are information. So when I'm looking, when I'm sensing emotions, I have this, oh, I would love to share this with you and your listeners. I have this little saying that I say to myself when I'm ex experiencing emotions. And this has been so beautiful and key for me. So let's say I feel my body tightening up and I'm like, why am I so tense? Now I finally have the awareness. Oh, I'm tense today. Why? And I look at it and I'm like, okay, what are you? And I'll get down inside and I'll think, where is it? So it could be on my right shoulder. It could be my hips. It could be low back, whatever. And I'll think to myself, okay, what is it? What are you? Maybe it's fear. And I say, hi, fear. I see you. I love you. I love you just the way you, just the way you are. You can stay or you can go. I choose for you to go. Either way, I really, really love you. Thank you. And sometimes I need to do that two or three times. Sometimes fear will go and then maybe grief will come. And then I'll say the same thing with grief. Doesn't matter what the emotion, sometimes it's back and forth. And I usually do when I'm on a walk and things, because you're usually processing thoughts through the day. So when I'm on a walk, usually that's when my thoughts will kind of come up and like, oh, what was I thinking today? Oh, I was thinking that, or here it comes up. I can feel it, I allow myself to feel it. So part of self-care is giving us time out to be alone with ourselves and away from the screens and, and with our phones off so that things can process in ourself. And when, I, when I'm done saying that statement, I can feel it move out. It's like, it's just an emotion. Emotion is information in motion. So it comes in, it kind of gets stuck. You're like, what is going on? And then you process it and then it moves on. And the word emote means to come out yes. of something. Yes. And emotion is not meant to stay stuck and, and repressed and unexpressed. And it's usually because we're resisting some sort of thought. So we're resisting some sort of thought. It's going to get stuck, but it's stuck because it's showing us something. It's showing us that we might have an incorrect thought. Might not actually be true. Interesting. So if you're afraid, if you're feeling fear, oh, I'm afraid of something. Maybe you're afraid of being left out in a situation. Maybe there's a family situation going on and, you know, your two sisters are getting together without you, whatever. And then you're afraid. You're like, oh, I'm afraid I'm being left out. Right? So then you're like, Oh, is that thought true? Am I really being left out? Maybe, maybe not. Whatever the situation, like you're not being invited to somebody's birthday party. You're not being invited over for Thanksgiving, whatever it is. Is it really true that I'm not a valuable member of that relationship? Not necessarily. That's where you process it. And then you get to speak up. Hey, I feel... Like I'm being left out when you guys get together for lunch twice a week and I don't, I don't get to come along. Can you please invite me? Is there a reason you're not inviting me? Is there something I should know? Yeah. That's, 
if you're a valuable member of the relationship, you get to speak up. Yeah, you get to communicate. Yes. It's your responsibility yes, you. to communicate. Yes, you have a responsibility to yourself and to the other person because if they love you, they want to know. Yeah. Don't you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. And all this, all the change that we want in our lives, like it really all does happen inside of us. Because when you- That's the only place it happens is inside of us. It's not happening outside. Yeah. And you really do see the world differently. And so things actually change because you're looking at them differently. And so that's a new identity is now I have the freedom to have different perspectives. And with these different perspectives, then I have a different life because I make different decisions. Right. And it doesn't mean that we get over all our pain. No. Or even over all our shame. It just means that today... I can think differently. I can choose differently. I can, I can challenge a belief. If, if, I'm, if something's making me really feel sad or mad or uncomfortable, I can, I can sort of peel back the onion and see, okay, well, what belief is attached to this feeling? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then we can judge that belief. Is it still valid? Is it true? Is it, is it true today? Because it, it might well have been true and valid before, because as kids, we had to develop these survival techniques because our feelings were dangerous. And we actually really did think we could be annihilated. And, but as adults, we, subconsciously are still thinking that and but it's actually not usually true right and the freedom from letting other people figure this out is another huge part of it like we don't have to force other people to figure it out the way we're figuring it out no one's forcing us to figure things out a certain way everybody has their sovereignty Yes, that's, that's my word for the year. I think we were talking about that word of the year. Sovereignty. Yes, that's what I didn't have my whole life. I didn't have my own sovereignty, and now I do. Now, if so, that ain't a, a, an identity <laughs> shift, I don't know what is. Yes, yes. Yep. Yep. And if that isn't coming I, out the other side of identity loss, a lifetime of identity loss, it sounds like you had. Oh my goodness. Yes. And that's, we, where, that's where joy comes. That's where, that's where the joy comes from is that sovereignty. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Amen. Now, how do you hold on to joy? Because I was in this little research class where they were like trying to teach people how to hold on to joyful feelings because our brain are, is hardwired to find the negative yes, because that's true. danger. And what they taught us is that when you actually feel joyful moment, 
then to really like latch onto it and see how long you can sort of capture the feeling. And I think that's where I earlier I was saying that joy is fleeting. Okay, that's true. And that's so um, I can see what you mean by that. Okay, so let's look at that. Let's look at that deeper. That's, that's, that's a beautiful thing to look at. So if we look at that, so my core belief, though, is sort of this foundation of I know that I am joy. I might not be experiencing joyful feelings every minute, but if my core foundation belief is I am joy, my creator is in me, I am joy. He is in me, I am in him, I, I am in the creator, the creator is in me. I was created for joy on this planet in this time. So therefore I am joy. That's my foundation. So I can always have, I can always steer every other thought to remind myself, okay, that's the foundation. There's this other yucky stuff. Let's look at that. So you're right. So if we're gonna, and I'm really glad you brought this up because I've been kind of thinking about this myself the last couple of weeks because of that curveball a couple months ago I told you about. So I had thought to myself, oh, I figured out how to be happy, right? Then I got the curveball, <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's so great that we're talking about this. It's so perfect. <laughs> um, so holding on to those moments where you're like, oh, there's an emotion, there's a feeling, there's an energy, there's a frequency that I know feels better. So those are the things like, is my environment helping me feel better? If you're in a room and maybe there's somebody crabby there, maybe that's not helping you. Maybe you actually need to step out. For me, walking outside is one of the biggest things that I do to shift. I can feel the shift in about 20, 25 minutes. I meditate twice a day. So there's another shift for me. I'm also an aromatherapist. I use essential oils. They are a big helper for me to shift things out so that they're not just kind of sticking around. But that idea of like, can I hold on to this one thing? I think that having that basis of the foundation of recognizing that I am joy, and I took some time getting there, getting to that idea that I am joy, I'll kind of give you my thought process. So I had to reclaim my power. I reclaimed my voice. I reclaimed my, that I was using uh, language upgrades through a woman, um, her name's Heather. I, her last name is <laughs> missing me right now, but um, she was using this book by an author, Robert Tennyson, about language upgrades. And so God is in me. So if God is in me and God created me and God is in me, therefore God and I are one. Therefore I am one with God. That means I, this might freak some of your, this might be a little much for some of your listeners, but you I'm know, go everybody has their own right to their beliefs. And so you go ahead and speak your truth of okay. what's true for you. Okay. Um, it did challenge me and I moved through it and it's changed my life. So that's why I'm a little bit um, going to move forward with it. So um, therefore I am God, because if God created me, if God created in, in man in his image, therefore we are like him, we are creators. We are like him. If we are like him, we are him. We are an extension of him. Therefore we are him. We are God. 
So God is in me, God. So I, I reclaim my voice. I reclaim my power. I thrive in my mission. Those are my first three affirmations mm. changing through things. I reclaim my voice. I reclaim my power. I thrive in my mission. And then God in me is joy. Therefore, I am joy. God in me knows how to heal me. I know how to heal me. I, I heal me. Those were some of my language upgrades. So coming to that basic, basic foundation of I am joy, that's how I got there. That's how I got to that foundation of I am joy. So that was life altering. That was life changing for me. Mm. So I can come back and connect back to that statement all the time, often. Mm -hmm. It's a um, talisman. Right, right. So when I am not necessarily feeling the joy, I, I, I have a few things in my life that I bring my physiology back to a place of centeredness. So I use meditation. I use breath work. I'm a breath work coach. I'm an aromatherapist. I meditate twice a day. Those are, and I walk and I stretch and the breath work. Those are all three of my physical things that I do every day. Meditation twice a day essential oils every day. Those are all the things that I use to bring about shifts in my vibration and my, my frequency. So when I'm feeling those lower vibrations and lower frequencies. I'll feel, I'll feel things lower and it'll, it'll feel heavier. When I use them, I feel lighter. It brings me up and out. Then I can hold on to things a little bit easier. You can hold on to them longer can hold on to them easier. It's like you have more receptors for them. Yes. And I tend to know how I want to feel. And this is for me, it may not be for everybody. But instead of knowing what I want, like a specific outcome, I know more of how I want to feel. Interesting. So I connect with more with how I want to feel. So I'll use my imagination into how I want to feel. Interesting. And then that gives you options of how to get there. Right. Which is so much more expansive than wanting something. Right. That's thrilling. That is really something. When are you going to write this book all down in a book? <laughs> This is the formula. This is actually a formula. This is your proprietary system, your unique system that helped you make this incredible transition into freedom. And you write it down and other people then can give it a try. I mean, I know you're going to do a podcast, but this is everything that you've said in this last hour is, I mean, you have invented a framework for transformation, personal transformation. I'm just taking it in. 
Thank you. You know, I have clients that I do the breath work with and I have clients that I do the aromatherapy with, but I've often wondered like, do, what is it that has gotten to me where, I, where I've gotten? Most of it is not nothing that I've come up with. Some of it has been like little bits and pieces. I've heard this person say that and heard this person say that and I've heard this person say that and I'm bringing it all together. And, and that is your coming up with it. Hmm. And, and so you have, you have chosen things that have worked for you. And, and so in this little book where you talk about your formula, you don't have to say that, that you have to absolutely do the breath work, that, but you have to explore something else, you know? So find your own translation of this framework and maybe try out these things that I've tried out. And if they don't work, then, then translate them into what your inner self is drawn to. Oh, true. Because that's, that's the whole core of what you're doing is you followed your inner clues. I believe everybody hears from God. I trust that God speaks to everybody. Well, whether it's God or not, we right. all know that we have inner knowings. Yeah. And, and that is, and then you've did, done this further connection that you just described. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so happy that you have come through with flying colors and you are so such a power and asset to humanity because you didn't lose your kindness and your caring through all of that abuse that you and and trauma and and you know if there's, I mean, you've gone through so much and I know that we didn't like get into all the details. The listeners, I think they probably could have, they didn't really need to know all the details. They needed to know where you are now. And the fact of the matter is that all of that past didn't destroy you. It, it, it made you even more resourceful and valuable and powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie. That's really kind of you to say. Thank you for observing that. And thank you for giving that gift to me. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I'm observing. I'm not like... No, but it's a gift to say it. It's a gift to hear it. It is nice to be seen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it feels good. Now, um, so two things. Yes. What do you want? What's a takeaway a first step for people who are not where you are, where they are, they are where you were. They're, they're stuck in shutting down their voice and not speaking their truth and, and having people and, and taking down their boundaries, not even having people run over their boundaries. They're taking down their boundaries. What's your, what's, what's a, a gift of wisdom where, where they could start on a daily basis, what's something they could do? 
Um, well, I started with self-care. And for me, that was the, the breathing, walking, and stretching is a, a three-part components that just really helps the body physiologically. Stress is not just the stuff that's on our plate. Stress is the physiological changes in our body. And we can affect that with breath, with our breath. Mm-hmm. Breath work is, it takes the physiological stress out. You can change your thinking from that limbic state of stuckness to your prefrontal cortex where you can logically start thinking. It's a really important. Now does breath work include meditation? No, my breath work is separate from my meditation. Now I know that meditation, lots of meditations have breath work, a breath work component. The breath work that I, that I practice is strictly for the physiological release of stress. Okay. Um, um, yeah, that is, you have a physiological solution to stress through breath work. That is worth a million dollars. You mean all we have to do is breathe and we can get rid of our stress and, and all the disease that is connected to stress. There's like 65 pathological results from stress. Pathologies, actual 65. There's over 65 pathologies. That that they can scientifically measure. Yes. I'm not talking about just like, you know, like I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't feel good. It has probably many things in there. Right. Right. Yes. So that's a very big component for me. The other component was meditation. And I had been a meditator for 15, almost 20 years before I gave transcendental meditation a try. And I had done all kinds of meditation from mindfulness to guided meditations. I, I, I'd done lots of things for 15, almost 20 years before I found transcendental meditation. And it was a... It was a game changer. So it has a mantra. It is not mantra based, but it has a mantra. And the only way I can really describe transcending is how I've learned it is that transcending is a state, like awakefulness. Wakefulness is a state. Um, sleeping is a state. Dreaming is a state. Transcending is an actual state, a natural state that our bodies have. A mantra is used to initiate it, just like laying down mm-hmm. is and is it is what is used to initiate sleep. Like we lay down, then our the body knows to go to sleep mode. To go to sleep. So a mantra is used to initiate the state of transcending, and there's so much that has changed in my life because of it in at at the height of my anxiety after the brain injury i learned transcendental meditation and um the first day i could breathe and at the end of four days i knew i was gonna it takes four days to learn um on the fourth day i realized i was going to be okay and um so that was the height of the anxiety of the brain injury Mm. 
And then it just begins to change you physiologically and psychologically. There's, it's been around for thousands of years. And so uh, probably more because if it's a, if it's a state, then it's always been with us. Yeah. And there's been talk of it on, on almost all ancient manuscripts. And so I really encourage people to look that up. You, whether you're in the U.S. or not, there's teachers all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the main transcendental meditation organization in the United States, but there's other teachers. Maybe we'll get a link of that in the in the show notes. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of. Well, so to wrap it up. Yes. One last question: What did you love about this interview, or what insight did you get? Oh my gosh, I wish I had taken notes because there was a couple things that you said that were just like, yes, yes, yes. Well, it's recorded. Okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to look through that again. <laughs> um, well, I will say that I really want to thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. On your podcast. It has brought me out of my little bit of stuck state in the past couple months, like I was talking about and it just brought me back to the idea of like part of part of my journey of healing is remembering that i have something to say mm. okay everyone that's the message <laughs> you have something to say and you need to work on a way to figure out how to say it allow it to come up and come forth and fight for it struggle for it even if it makes waves, especially if yes. it makes waves, because if it makes waves, that's the reason why it's hard to say, right? Yes. When we think it makes waves, it's really just other people coming in contact with your authentic authenticity. It may challenge them and that's okay. Right. Let, let them be challenged by it. Right. It's okay if they, if you aren't for them, you know? I always think it's funny when I hear people say things. I mean, I remember growing up thinking, oh, I love the way the seasons change. And then you hear as like a young teenager, oh, I hate change. I hate change. And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to hate change. No. And then we always, we go through life. Oh, I just wish everything was different. I just hate this. And then they like, oh, I hate change. Oh, but I want everything different. Well, which is it? We life love is change. complicated. <laughs> can we can we close on agreeing that life is complicated <laughs> and joy is always accessible within us? It is within us, it is not outside of us. Yes. Everything. I think the one thing that I would like your listeners to know is that all the love that they so profoundly desire is in them and they have to give it to themselves you have to give yourself the love that you so profoundly desire it's really only going to come from you you're really only going to believe it if it comes from you your spouse your friends your siblings your parents whatever could tell you they love you but some are like oh but do you really yeah conditional Oh, I don't know if I, if I should receive that love because I'm, I did this or I did that, or I'm inherently not able to receive love. If you can give yourself the love that you so profoundly desire, you will truly believe it. 
And then when you do that, you'll be able to give it to others, truly give it to others. And see, the thing is, when we can truly love ourselves, that means that we can love our good and our bad. Yes. And so that is what ourselves first. Yes. There's so much that happens with ourself first. When we have our healthy boundaries with ourselves first, we will respect others bound other people's boundaries. Yeah, and see that's no my life work is to yeah. help people love themselves and treat themselves better because then there's going to be this ripple effect. And it's not selfish. No. I used to feel like my first meditation training, I felt like, oh, this is so selfish, you know, to spend time like getting peaceful with myself and no it's for everybody it affects everybody else well that maharishi effect back in the 60s that study that was done in the 60s in chicago it's exactly it they brought meditators they brought like i don't know 600 meditators into the entire city of chicago and a crime rate went down wow yeah it's a ripple effect Yep. It absolutely is. And it begins yep. with us within ourselves. So, your listeners, if they just know that they can give themselves the love they so deeply desire, they will truly, truly believe it. And that will change their lives. Now, how can they contact you? Um, I am on Instagram and my handle is Tammy Roach Official. I'm also on Facebook at Tammy, Tammy Roach, T-A-M-M-Y-R-O-A-C-H official. Yes. Yes. All right. Follow Tammy Roach official on Instagram because she is on fire and she has a desire to help you come into your own joy. Yes because she has figured some things out and she's sharing them. Yes. Now you have a podcast coming up too, right? Yes, I do. And what's the name of that? This TLC Life. Oh, how fitting. (laughs) My my original initials, my, my maiden name is Cox. So my original initials are TLC. Oh, that's too good. And so because TLC is tender living care, if we can give that to ourselves, that's what this life is about. Oh my God, I got, I got shivers. <laughs> oh, that is just too perfect. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. Now, when is your first episode? You're going to announce all this on your Instagram account, right? Yes, I will be. Yes, I will be. I'm looking for, um, I'm looking at uh, the middle of January for the release of it. So I'm all doing all the back work now. Wait, so. wait a sec. Hold on. Give me a date. Just give me a date. Okay. I'm going to give you a date. Here we go. January 10th. Okay. January 10th it is. That will be the release of the first episode. Wait, what's the name of it again? TLC. This TLC life. This TLC life. All right. I'm going to be there January 10th. Oh, thank you. Well, I hope that we can um, have you on as also one of my guests. So we will get to have a conversation. Now, hold on. So 
January 10th is a long way away and we might forget and lose you. Do you have a Facebook group that people can join so that we can like yes. be together? Yes, my Facebook group is this TLC Life. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll give, give you all the links and we'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much. There's a reason I'm putting it out there a little bit further and that's just because I know that I'll need a little bit of a slower lead up time because of the brain injury. So I'm giving myself as much grace. And this is called self-care. Yes. And you so don't have to justify or even explain, but, but because you did explain, then this is a good example of how you do self-care yes. is, is you do things on your timeline. You yes. just think the, the, the way it's going to work for you. Yep. What a role yeah. model. You shine. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm, I'm the one who needs to thank you to show up and spill your guts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey there. The value that you got from this today, take it into your heart. Add value to it in your own life by putting it into practice and growing it to be part of your life, your daily habits, the takeaways that you got from this. Words and thoughts only take us so far. It's implementing on those words and thoughts that will change your life. Ideas are just ideas. Taking action on ideas is where growth happens and freedom emerges from growth. Freedom from our past invisible binding. We're here to grow and release ourselves from our past constraints. With awareness, intention, and through taking action on new choices, we evolve. In this process, we exalt our pain and suffering into wisdom that empowers us. We all have the ability to transform and become that person we yearn to be. If today's episode added value to your life, please share it with others. And make sure to subscribe to Bold Becoming Identity Retooled. And if you might, take a minute right now and leave a review so that others can find out about this podcast. If you'd like to contact me for one-on-one -on -one coaching or to get on the wait list for my Tough Stories workshop, send me an email and we'll be in touch. Be sure to check out our free Facebook group of Bold Becomers. The link's in the show notes.